We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Guess who's back? <laughs> How did I know you were going to come in with that? Had to. <laughs> um, yeah. What's up, Kyle? Uh, well, just tired of COVID. Right, right. <laughs> yes, that is going to be a part of the uh, topic for today's podcast is how COVID affects um, hunting. Um, before we get into that, though. We're going to go on to a topic that we've probably talked about in... Well, do you want to talk about the COVID first? Because I, I don't know if that's as lengthy of a topic as the other one. <laughs> so, <clears throat> let's let's talk about the COVID first. All right. All right. Um, it's probably good because it get me all fired up talking about the other one. I know. I so. know. Um, want to thank Mark Birdwell, one of our listeners uh, and a, a friend of mine when I went to high school with sent in some uh, topics to discuss and um, he requested that we talk about COVID restrictions and how they've affected hunting this year from the quarantine to um, state roads and state parks being closed and all that stuff and so I think we'll touch on that first uh, Mark thank you for sending in those topics we've been asking for topics for a while and right. and he's one of the first to send it in so yep um, and before before we do that, we also want to uh, let me find it here. Wanted to send a shout out. I give a shout out to Maggie. Okay, she got her first mule deer buck a few days ago. Nice. A couple weeks ago, actually. Nice. Um, Sixty-two yard shot through the heart. Hundred and forty inch mule deer. Super cool dad moment. Definitely. Loved it. I was uh, a little sad. I'd been out hunting with you guys the two, pre- two three previous days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I had to go down and, uh, well, not had to. I, well, I kind of had to. It was family. It was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving, dude. yeah. I went down <laughs> to Thanksgiving with, with my family. Um, and that's the day you guys decided to go out and saw this buck. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd been, we'd been going pretty hard me and you and her um chasing them and that day we got to get it put it together and um nice buck for her she's gonna be a little spoiled now (laughs) um taking a a a good old 140 incher yep but uh super super fun one shot dropped him like a rock um good meat in the freezer and she wants to make green chili stew nice so we got some mule deer green chili stew coming soon (laughs) excellent yes excellent choice very excellent um another shout out to a Waylon wade um and i can't find the actual message itself but um he sent us a message talking about how our podcast is really Helped him out, uh, giving him some really good, you know, information and helped him with the draw stuff. So, Waylon, glad to help. Glad that you're listening. 
share it with your friends. Hope you guys uh, continue to listen. Uh, we are grateful for all of our listeners and hope that you guys enjoy the podcast. Um, if you get a chance for us, go to whatever podcast app that you're using and uh, rate us, preferably that five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Um, go to our Facebook page and follow us. Instagram, Instagram. follow us. Um, and YouTube, we also have a channel. We've been very fairly lax about that. I'm going to try and put some more content. Uh, we're videoing this podcast. That's going to go on there. We also have a website. We do have a website. Uh, trying to catch that back up. It's been a crazy <laughs> couple of six, eight all, months. All that COVID time. All that COVID time. <laughs> I didn't get off, though. I didn't I didn't, I didn't get the whole uh, sit-at-home time. Right. Um, so, Speaking of appreciation for our, our listeners, um, We have a giveaway. We do. I was I was I was wondering where you're going with that, and right. that, that was the next thing I was going to touch on. So I'm yeah. glad you picked it up. Um, so we're we're giving away a cow elk hunt with Kyle and I in sometime late January. Mm-hmm. And if you will go to our Instagram page or our Facebook page and find the post, um, it's on there. It's a picture of some cow elk says cow up giveaway blah 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 anyway go on there tag five friends share that post to your share that post to your story if you tag five friends you get one entry if you share the post to to your story you get a second entry um tell your friends tell your family yep enter yourself enter your wife yep you know follow us on facebook follow us on instagram do all that cool stuff we'll give you a couple of entries um a lot of people already entered, so, um, but I had, we had, we had a, a kind of a, a, a f- guy that, uh, <laughs> it was, it's humorous. He's like, so if I tag more, if I tag five friends and then tag another five friends, do I get another entry? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, you just get the no. two entries, so. but still go tag, 10 but friends. still go tag 10 <laughs> friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Cause the, you know, the more exposure we get, the more cool stuff like this that we can do. Absolutely. Um, so COVID, COVID, um, it's an interesting topic. It, here's my take on it. Um, do tell Rodney, do right? tell. <laughs> I don't know. Might not be a very good, um, it might not be, very, I'm a little dense, so it might not <laughs> be too good. <laughs> so jabs are flying. Jabs anyway, are flying. uh, as far as hunting goes, I don't see I don't see a lot of issues. One thing one thing I'll say is that I think it has I'm interested to see the numbers next year. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that harvest rates, success rates are gonna be up a tick. And and here's why. Because yeah. I think a lot more people got to through COVID had a lot more time to get out and scout well, and, and, and put boots in the ground more than they normally do. You and, saw more than I did this summer how much our public lands were getting used. Yeah, right? yeah, and I, and I did, and, and that's another thing I'll get to in a minute, but just for the hunting sites, mm-hmm. hunting specific, to me, I think that is going to be one of the biggest things is if you look on social media, Every other day, there is a picture of not just a deer, 
but a great deer. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that, it's not because all of a sudden we have a ton of huge deer. It's because people have had more time. And again, this is speculation, pure speculation. Pure pure speculation. I'm really looking forward to seeing the numbers next year. Because that's where it really plays out. That's where we'll see it. That's yeah. where we'll see the actual evidence, and, and we'll try and I'll try and pick up on that when we do that podcast, which we do every year. Right. Um, but I really think that that's going to be the case because there's been a lot of deer, a lot of people having success. Maybe it's just people have more time to put it on social media, or maybe it's just more people are using social media to post that type of stuff because they're sitting at home, right? Not not working. Yeah. But I think it has more to do. I, I, I really do. I'm going to give the people the benefit of the doubt. I think it has to do with more people have more time to get out in the woods, look around, find new places, scout, and see the, and find the animals. And I, spend the time, you know, and spend the time once they found that animal to, I know, you know, we talk yeah. about it often that sometimes you only get a weekend to go out and hunt. Um, you know, with with the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the mm-hmm. um, the time mm-hmm. at home, I think there there was probably some element of hey, <laughs> I've I've got time. I'm going to take the entire hunt. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go hunt. And I'm going to hunt hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, I I do think that those are are some things. You know, and and hopefully our listeners will respond to this and and you know let us know, but. I really, I really think that that's the case. I really think that a lot of people have had more time to spend out in the woods and get out there and find some new places to hunt and find some, uh, find some of their own honey holes, um, maybe get out of their comfort zone, and which which leads me to another topic of of the number of people in the woods. So I know what is it the. I never get them straight. Memorial Day, Labor Day. Which one is in September? Um, Labor Day is in September. Okay. So I know that weekend there was like a gazillion people up there in the forest. Yeah. I mean, they were everywhere. And that's opening day bow season, right? Yeah. So the the forest was just overrun with people. And And a lot of the easy access places... You've got a whole bunch of people that aren't hunting running up and down the roads. Yeah. So that's going to force people to find new places. Right. To go to new areas, to find places that it's harder for others to get to. Because the casual um, weekender who's just going up there to camp or get away or get out of the house, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not looking for that. But the hunter, you know, he's going to get up there to his normal spot, find 50 people camped camped there, and be like, well, I can't hunt here. And now they're going to have to go deeper in. Yeah. You know, like you said, they're going to have to hunt harder. You know, they're going to have to go further. They're going to have to get further in. Um, so that's another area where I think COVID has really affected. Um, and I saw that firsthand. Yeah. You know, not not because I was hunting, but because I was up there and just saw the number of people <laughs> that were on the forest that weekend. Yeah. Um, and even on my elk hunt, you know. Well, and I've heard, I've heard about it. I've heard, I heard it. It's not just isolated to, let's say, that area, that forest, because I heard about it pretty much across the state. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on the Vividal, uh I still talk to game warden buddies, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it was just wall-to-wall people. Yeah. You had to have reservations to go fishing at Grindstone. Yeah. You had to make reservations to go fishing. And that's just crazy. 
because there's so many people off. They're like, oh, let's go fishing. We don't can't good can't do anything else. Yeah. You know, there's already a bazillion people at Home Depot and Lowe's, Walmart, because they're the only stores open. Shut down all the mom and pops. Yeah. So, you know, what are your options? You know, you go camping. Well, well, camping. There's a bazillion people up there. So, well, let's go fishing. Well, you don't gotta have a reservation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a public freaking lake. It's crazy. Um. And and even even our hunt. You know, we hunted that we hunted that elk hunt. Um, was it four years ago? Mm-hmm. And we didn't hardly see any other hunters Mm-mm. at all. And this year, I mean, we were just stepping on them left and right. Yeah. You know, there was tons of them. Um, and it just, that's just what it is. You know, you, you're, you're, this year, I think you're going to have to go a little further, hunt a little harder, get a little further back in there. But it seems to be paying off. It, it really does. I, th- I think that a lot of people, despite the increase in traffic um, from just regular um, people who are wanting to get outdoors, um, not necessarily hunters, the, the increase in, in your recreational um, users. users of the public land has increased so much. But it really doesn't seem to have affected success rates as far as i can tell yeah like you said it'll be interesting to look at the numbers Mm -hmm. next year um i think an interesting point to kind of touch on is there was some fear that the lockdowns early on in the year would severely affect the hunting uh, there's some fears that they would lock down and say, you know, the the residents or the non-residents can't come in. And basically they did. Said so you come in, you got to quarantine. But there's no way to enforce that. Um, no. The game, and, and the, you are quarantining. The, if you're going out there and you're camping, you're quarantining. Yeah. But the game and fish, as far as the game and fish was concerned, those licenses were already um, sold. And so there was no there was no canceling of hunt seasons yeah. and so there was no restrictions of people going not being able to go out yeah. and go hunt in fact like you said i think it was <clears throat> more so people had m- more time to go do it yeah. um now there was some i i guarantee you there were some hindrances because you had the state parks which were closed to non-residents yeah. so take for example uh some areas like the Colin Neblet wildlife management area the access into those areas are uh, basically the Cimarron Canyon is state park. It was closed, meaning the campgrounds were closed, the facilities were closed. But within any of those areas, let's say Sugar Eat, um, well, no, Sugar Eat's a little bit different. But like Cimarron Canyon is a good example. Uh, Eagle Nest is a good example. They're bordered by wildlife management areas. In fact, in Cimarron Canyon, the state parks leases the canyon that is the state park mm-hmm. from the game and fish because it is on the wildlife management area property. Within those areas, we have an agreement with the state parks. There are free parking areas for fishing, hunting um, um, access. Um, and so it would not have affected the access to those wildlife management areas, thus it wouldn't have affected the hunting. The only thing it really would have affected is the camping in the state park. Yeah. It's just like, um, 
I know some anglers had some problems with like state parks closing down. Um, and I think there was some grief there because the state parks don't actually own the lake. The game mm-hmm. and fit like Eagle Nest Lake game and fish owns that lake. Um, but to get to the lake, you got to go through the state parks. So there was an issue there, but, uh, let's say Cimarron Canyon, the Cimarron, uh, Creek, uh, the river that runs through there, there's really not a way for them to tell you you can't fish there because, it, the the creek is public water and you can fish that. Yeah. Again, it's just the facilities that were shut yeah. down, all that stuff. And that and that is one area where I'm sure there was a lot of issues this year. Um, is camping, um, dispersed camping is fine, but but what about so many RV parks? Yeah. So many camping areas, mm-hmm. improved camping areas, they were all closed. Yeah. You know, um, and so that had to have you know it doesn't affect us no you know because we don't camp like that yeah we do do the, dis- the dispersed camping um don't get me wrong we have but for the most part we do dispersed camping so it really didn't affect us much but there's a whole um slew of hunters out there mm-hmm. that don't that they, they, they go to improved camping areas they take their families with them and then they hunt from these improved camping areas and i can just imagine the issues that it would cause you know people like that and then, of course, you have um, New Mexico hunters that go hunt out of state. Yeah. And I know plenty of people that have left the state for certain things, but then they kind of had to come home and quarantine for 14 days. Right. Yeah. And if you've taken time off to go hunting, you've obviously told your boss, yeah, I'm going hunting, and it's out of state, and I'll be gone for 14 days, but then you got to take another 14 days off. And I'm sure that that caused a lot of issues with people, you know, taking 14 days off and then having to quarantine for 14 days. Um, COVID is not, for an outdoor sport, COVID has probably not been um, as bad on hunters as as a lot of things, but it hasn't been real great either. Just It hasn't been, so it hasn't terribly affected the hunters. Um, It's affected the economy. So, yeah. when you look at really who it's affected, uh, outfitters to to a degree, uh, the 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 turkey hunts back in the spring, it affected some outfitters there, uh, but really for the when you look at the whole picture, as far as hunting is go goes, it was more, most detrimental to small businesses and the economy of these rural communities. Yeah. Now, on the other side of things. It 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 has had a severe impact on the fishing outfitter yeah. side of things, um, and I don't know dollars, but hundreds of thousands of dollars lost in in the fishing side of things because of the guided activities yep. portion of it. Um, who, who knows? It's it's hard to say, but like like we said. It's, we we were pretty lucky as outdoorsmen as hunters because um, that's 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 what you do you socially distance you go right, out right and you get away from people we're used to and it. you go hunt that's right so um, yeah I, I mean I think that's that pretty pretty well covers it it's it's hard to say without some hard hard numbers yeah again like we said earlier it's all speculation um, I'm going to be very interested in the numbers next year. Um, well, yeah, coming up here in 
three or four months, and uh, we'll, we'll keep note of that. It'll, it'll be an interesting study to yeah. see. Look at those success rates. Yeah, to see how that affected, if it, if it truly did, or or um, or if it's just just a blip on the radar. Just because people have more time, they're posting more stuff on social media. Who knows? You know, I, I do know that there's a whole lot more on social media. There's a whole lot more big bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've definitely there's there's no doubt about that. It, it is night and day from the past couple of years the number of big deer that I've seen come across social media, um, and I'm not following more people or <laughs> more groups or anything like that. So uh, I, I'm very interested to see those numbers next year. Sure, sure. Speaking of numbers. Speaking of numbers. <laughs> I'm not a numbers guy, Kyle. Mm, you're a little dense for that. I am. <laughs> um, so this this next topic we're going to talk about is something that has just, we know, we've known it's been coming for, mm-hmm. what, about two years. Yeah. Um, we did a podcast with a representative from BHA a couple of years ago. About yeah, two years ago, and it was mentioned not on the podcast, but but in conversations in conversation around the podcast. Around the podcast um, that BHA Wildlife Federation um, want to do away with E plus. Yep. Um, and we've talked about this exact thing here a couple of times um, on on the past two or three podcasts. I mean, it's been brought up recently several times. And I know it may be kind of getting a little redundant, but if if we didn't believe in it as strongly as we do, we wouldn't be talking about it every other podcast. Yeah. But because it is something that is coming and it's going to be a fight, um, and we believe it is so important and it's going to touch so many people's lives, um, it, we're going to talk about it again. Yeah. Well, I think the last time we talked about it on the podcast, we were just kind of foreshadowing saying, hey, be aware this is probably coming. It actually, it actually, you know, came about uh, the, the first, I guess you could say the, the, the first volleys of the fight came about um, on December 3rd. Uh, Senator Martin Heinrich released a letter um Based off of the Legislative Finance Council's report um, urging the governor, urging the Sportsman of New Mexico, and urging the Game Commission and Director Sloan to do away with the E-plus system. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that was in conjunction with the Game Commission meeting that day, um, which I was I was listening to and and participating in on a different subject on the habitat stamp subject but uh, in that game commission meeting even though it was not um, it was not alluded to or it was not set out in in the agenda items um, which in in and of itself is a different issue but it was brought up the E plus system was brought up um, in discussion by the game commissioners, mm-hmm. and then directly after that, there were several um, uh, members of the public who were part part of these sportsmen's groups who were prepared to uh, speak on behalf of doing away with the E plus system. <clears throat> so, 
we're going to talk about it kind of in a different format. We've we've talked about the A plus system, or sorry, the yep. E plus system and the A plus system and the A plus <laughs> system. But we've talked about the E plus system before. We've we've got solid numbers from the department. These are all public numbers that you can get yourself. Um, but I think it'd be it's valuable to go through kind of in a question and answer format to discuss the the varying paths that you can take based on whatever your um intentions are for for that program. Yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start because you kinda came up with the idea. So couple of couple of things I want to clear up. One, I want to start off with E plus what we're talking about with E plus elk private land use system. That's what it is. We're not talking about public land. We're not talking about we're the talking draw. About, yeah. We're not talking about the draw. We're not talking about the quota, the quota, 84%, six, 10%, none of that stuff. We're talking about elk private, private land, land use system. Yep. Okay. So this is elk using private land for habitat. Mm-hmm. That's one important key right there. Elk using private land. Our elk, a lot of times people like to point out that they're ours. Mm-hmm. They belong to the public, right? Mm-hmm. Private landowners are still part of the public. Yes. I own private land. Very small amount, and there's no elk on it. <laughs> so I don't have an invested interest in this fight. Um, but as far as that goes. Yeah. But it that that's what it is. is our elk using private land for the habitat. Okay. Yes, there are elk, and if 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 you own anything and and you and somebody else uses it, there's a cost associated with it. Right. Okay. Let's just set that aside now. Okay. Okay. So, basically, what they're wanting to do is get rid of the E plus system, the elk private land use system. So let's break it down like this. We're going to break it down into a few questions. Question number one is, what? are they wanting to gain? Why are they wanting to get rid of the E plus system? And and this is an interesting answer depending on who you talk to. Yeah. But according to, let's go with the letter that Martin Heinrich wrote. Right. <clears throat> the letter that my, that Senator Heinrich wrote um, <clears throat> basically said, do away with the private landowner tags, which they're not tags, they're mm. authorizations, um, but do away with those and everything goes into a public draw. Okay. So let's, let's, let's go right there real quick. Okay. We've touched on this before. We're going to touch on it again because we've got to hammer this home. Authorizations. Yeah. Okay. They get an authorization, which they can't sell. So the authors... what they what they do is they somebody says, "Hey, I want to hunt on your land," and they go, "Oh, great! I have an authorization. You can use it to buy a tag from who? The game and fish. So if I own property, yep, okay, and you want to hunt elk on my property, and I have an authorization, I can give you the authorization, and you can yourself do what? Buy the tag. Buy a tag. Who do you give the money to? Game and fish. Game and fish. So who gets the money? Game and fish. And who gives it to them? The hunter. And the private property owner gets what from that transaction? Nothing. Nothing. What does the private property owner get? He gets a trespass fee. A trespass fee. So this is a very important distinction to make in the <sighs> E-plus system. Yes. The authorization, now, we t- 
this is this is important to distinguish because when you're talking to someone, you need to make sure that that you're talking in their language. Yes. We often use common words such as a landowner permit. We use words like a private land tag, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. What the private landowner gets is an authorization. Technically speaking, that authorization is not worth anything to the landowner. Mm-mm. Yes, they can give away, sell those authorizations, but the wor- authorization itself and proof of this is that we have leftover authorizations every single year that the landowners get nothing for. They just sit in their in mm-hmm. their inbox. They don't get any payment for them. The authorization is only of value if it is converted to a license in conjunction with trespass or access fee associated with the private property that that authorization has been assigned to. Correct. So unused authorizations. Put a pin in that. I want to come yep, back to we'll that. We'll come later. back to it. Okay. So there you have it. They're not selling a tag because nope. they don't get a tag. Nope. They get an authorization. They get an authorization, and when a person purchases trespass rights, then that landowner gives that person an authorization number, which that person can then use to purchase a tag from the state. Correct. And who gets the money from that person? Game and Fish, which goes into the habit, the Game and Fish Fund, which then goes back to everything Game and Fish, habitat, salaries. Private landowner doesn't get that money, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. So that's cleared up. Um, okay. So we have that. Now, one other point that I want to make real quick is these private land authorizations They're, And I, and I've touched on this plenty of times too, but I'm going to do it one more time. They take the number of acres in a unit that are public and the number of acres that are private, huntable acres. Right. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, the elk herd is this big in this area. And we have now, now let me let me stop you real quick. I need you to make a distinction because mm-hmm. there are three different types of areas in the state that yeah. get we're we're gonna get there. Okay. We're gonna I know what you're talking about. Okay. But we're gonna we're gonna get there. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just talking about how they decide how many tags are given away in primary management zone. Good. That, um, so okay. there's a primary there, management there, yeah. zone, there's yeah. a secondary management zone. And then there's yeah. a special management zone. Yeah. The so, primary zone. Primary management. This is, this is, this is primary management this zone. This is what Rodney's okay. going to tell you yeah. about. In the primary management zone. This is where okay. they're actively Actively managing, managing the herd. They take the number of private land and the number of public land acres, mm-hmm. right? And they say, okay, we can take 1,000 elk. Mm-hmm. All right? So if we're expecting 24% success rate. And we can take a thousand elk out of this herd without any harm mm-hmm. to the herd. Then, and they're expecting 24% success rate. They can give away how many tags? Uh, you do the number. <laughs> I'm trying to. Okay. So they need, they need to harvest a thousand. They need to harvest a thousand and okay. they're six, expecting uh, uh, 24%. 24%. So. We're going to back that up, and we're going to say, Let's say they, they need to harvest 100. Yeah. And they're expecting— they're, they're, they're going to be giving away 2,400 2, tags. 2,400 tags. Yep. All right. So, I was going to say, 
That's like 240,000 tags, man. 24,000. 24,000. See, that's but, why you're the numbers guy. Um, <laughs> so they're going to put 2,400 tags in the draw. Yeah. Okay. But wait. But they're going to give, they're going to say we have 2,400 tags. Okay. Yep. But wait. Now what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, we've got 10,000. Go easy. 50,000 or 50 50. Yeah. We've got 10,000 acres yep. in this unit. 5,000 are private, 5,000 is public. Yep. So it's split 50-50. So they're going to give 50% of the tax to the public land and 50% of the private to the private land. Now, why do they do that? To the private landowners who sign up. To the private landowners who sign up. But why do they do that? Because you can't stress the herd in one area over the other. Yeah. You have to manage it properly. You know, the... The hunting pressure means a lot, and the herd doesn't know the difference in public and private. Mm-hmm. So they're just out there dispersed, right? And so you split it according to the number of acres. Yeah. Private land gets so many, public land gets so many. The reason they don't give it 70-30 is because you can't have 70% of the people hunting on public land when it only makes up 50% of the elk habitat. Yeah. just doesn't make sense. So this is the way they disperse it. And that's in the private primary zone. Primary zone. Yep. Now, in the secondary zone, mm-hmm. we get way off base here because it kind of reverts back to what, well, not kind of, it does. It reverts right back to what deer and now antelope is. If you have elk on your ranch, used to you had to contact the state and say, hey, I want some elk tags, and they would give them to you. Yep. But now you can just do it over the counter. If you're in the secondary management zone... And you have elk, you can just sell as many of those on private land as you want. Yeah. Okay? I have a huge problem with that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but that's the way they do it, okay? But the primary management zone, they split it according to the number of acres, the percentage versus percentage of public and private. Not that hard to figure out. Yeah. It's pretty simple. So, and then, and then, just real quick, the the special management zones are zones that are prime elk habitat. They should be in the primary zone, but because of the algorithm that they use to allocate those tags, the private land to public land in those units, uh, the private land would gobble up all the tags, and so they do special authorizations in that in that like the old system. So, yes. Now, so, getting back to so, now we've explained that. Yep. Your answer to the question of why do they want to get rid of the E-plus is because the public owns these tags and they want them. The public, no, the public the, owns the elk and they deserve all of the tags, right? Yeah. Basically, in a nutshell. Okay, so the next question is how does getting rid of E-plus benefit the public and getting those tags. I will answer you that it doesn't. It doesn't. Simply because of this. Not simply. It's more complicated than this. But I'm going to break it down in a more simple fashion because there's so many facets to it. Again, those those animals, those elk are not respecters of boundaries. No. Um, if you were to take all the authorizations or all the tags Mm -hmm. that are on private land and put them in the public draw, Mm -hmm. you still cannot force your way onto private land. No, you can't. And so now you're going to have 
way more hunters mm -hmm. on public land, forcing those animals to private land. You can't access private land. And so not only are you not going to be able to harvest an animal, you're not going to be able to access property to harvest an animal. And those property owners can no longer harvest the animals. And if you think you're getting on private land, you're not. No, you're not. Not, not unless you're willing to pay the money. And we're talking about New Mexico. But here's, here's the other thing, though. <laughs> Those. Well, hold on. Go ahead. Bef before, we, before we go to another thing, I, I want to, you know, just like you said, if you take, we, we just explained how they split it 50 50, right? But if you take all 100% of the tags and give all those hunters to public land, and nobody's hunting on private land, but now everybody's hunting on public land, mm -hmm. you're screwed. Just, you're literally screwed. And one of the things that they're claiming, and when I say they, I mean BHA, Mexico Wildlife Federation, Brandon Wynn, um, one of the things that they're claiming is that these ranches will have to accept the amount of money that they're going to get. They're not they're going not. to accept it. So here's what happens. When They've it, been getting if they get they're used to getting ten thousand dollars and now they're going to have to accept five hundred. It's not going to happen. Here's what here's what happens. Um, in answer to that question, you know why why wouldn't the why wouldn't the land here's the question okay. why wouldn't the landowners well hold, allow but but before we get to that question keep okay. that question keep that question but that's what they're saying is that the, the, that. The, they're going to let whoever draws the tags. The, but when you talk about this, 84% of those tags still have to go to residents. Mm -hmm. Okay? We live in New Mexico. It's an impoverished state. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of those 84% cannot afford to pay the trespass fees to go on private land. So where are they going to hunt? hunt on public. public land. Mm -hmm. And when they hunt on public land, what's going to happen? Push all the animals off. You know, push all the animals off, or they're going to kill them, and the herd populate the herd dynamics is going to just plummet. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Well, it, I mean, those animals already flee to private land mm -hmm. for a respite. That's that's a known fact. Um, that's what the, that's what's going to happen. Yep. So, coming back to the question of why wouldn't you know. Um, there's, Why wouldn't a private landowner just... There's states out there that yeah. have done this. Yes. And they've said, oh, well, the landowners will have to let them on. Here's why the landowners won't let them on. Mm -hmm. First of all, in doing that, in saying um, d deer and pronghorn are a little bit different. They're going to say, oh, well, it'd be like deer or pronghorn. Deer and pronghorn are a little different. You can live with deer and pronghorn because they they don't do a terrible amount of damage to property. Mm -hmm. Elk are elk will tear a fence down. Yep. They will absolutely mow down an alfalfa an alfalfa field. Yep. alfalfa field. Now, mm -hmm. by doing this, by taking all these incentives, by by not recognizing those landowners for the critical habitat that they provide. You have now devalued wildlife. And I'm not talking about monetary value. I'm talking about landowners who have 
have recognized the value of wildlife and because Game and Fish has um, recognized that those landowners are doing good things by providing water or critical habitat, those landowners have built wildlife into their strategic plans for mm-hmm. the ranch. They've built waterers. They've spent they, a they've ton spent of, money tons of money on water. Creating habitat. Creating habitat. All of that stuff. Yeah. They've done these things. They've put projects on the ground. We're talking about that. You know what? They're talking about $5 stamps from us right now. Mm-hmm. They want an extra $5 for us when they can't even use the money because the legislature ain't going to approve it. Mm-hmm. Okay? But they want to kick out all of the money that private landowners are spending on wildlife habitat. Right now. That's not coming from That's our not pocket. coming from our pockets. Yeah. It's coming from non-residents who are footing the bill for the rent of our wildlife On using private, private land habitat. Yeah. That's what's happening. They sell these tags. They make money. They're like, you know what? I like this gig. They don't sell tags. So, sorry. <laughs> I, whatever. They sell these private land authorizations. Yeah. Trespass rights. Yep. And... They like this gig, and they're like, you know what? I want more antelope on my property. Mm-hmm. I want to increase the antelope herd. I want to increase the quality of my herd. Exactly. So what do they do? They put in some drinkers. Mm-hmm. They put in some, you know, they do some habitat work. Yep. They do some habitat improvement. They do some thinning. They clear some land for some antelope. Mm-hmm. The antelope herd increases. It's not going to just stay on private land either. Again, they don't know boundaries. Yeah. So they're going to go off. And in whole, the entirety of the herd gets better. So we do benefit from this. Yes. All right? And they want to take this away. You know, and these are the things that are happening. And they happen faster because they don't have to get legislative approval. They can just go do it. Correct. They can take the money that they're earning from the rich Texans who spend ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for an elk tag, and they go out and they do some habitat work, and they improve the herd – which spills out onto the public lands mm-hmm. without legislative approval. And it comes out of their pocket, yeah. not ours. Yep. Why do you want to get rid of that system? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just leave that one where it's at. <laughs> I, I could go on and on. I could go on and on about this topic. Um, there's so many unintended consequences about getting rid of the system the way they want to, about going straight to all those tags going to a straight draw. Um, when you talk about private landowners, and I don't mean to, you know, I, I really don't, you know, mean to put a black eye on the, land, on, on the private landowners, but they're trying to make a living. And so yes. if you devalue those wildlife, which they have been spending years building into their economic viability of that property, mm-hmm. you are now going to piss them off. The other ch- difference that we have, and maybe and, this, maybe you know, maybe this will change, maybe it won't, but we have what they call a Jennings law. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they have this this in other states, but we have it here in New Mexico, which you have to t- that you have to account for, and that is. If, oh, if wildlife are, are causing a depredation on private property and no interventions from the game and fish are working, 
the Jennings law allows the landowner to take care of that animal, just kill them. Mm-hmm. There are some stipulations. Animals. animals. There are <laughs> some stipulations that say if you kill the animal, you got to call the game department within 24 hours. But you, 24 hours is a joke. You, you've wasted that animal. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you do this and you go straight to the to the draw system not only the 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 follow up to that is when you ask them well how do you plan on um compensating landowners yeah they say monetarily like some other states do so what's going to happen is you're going to have elk on a property that nobody can use not mm-hmm. you, not out-of-state hunters. Not the private landowners. Not the private landowners. And so nobody's getting to use these animals. And now, who's going to foot the bill? Hunters, anglers, and trappers. Mm-hmm. Because it's not coming out of the general fund. It's mm-hmm. not coming out of general taxes. And so when that landowner says, you need to pay me for these animals, or come get them off my property, because I have heard landowners say that. Say... If you do away with this, you can come get your animals off my property. Yep. They don't belong to them. They belong to us. Exactly. Remember that. Exactly. And so not only are do you have animals that you can't hunt, that you can't use, you're now paying that landowner monetarily out of hunter, trapper, and angler fees, which is going to make your license fees go up. And you are... <sighs> Those animals are going to be there anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and we can't get to them. Okay, and, and currently, what we have is a system where, again, goes right back to this. Those are our animals. Mm-hmm. Those animals belong to the public. They do not belong to the private landowners. They belong to the public. But they are using the shit out of the private land. Yep. Right? They're using private land for habitat, water, and food. Mm-hmm. Right? Both of those are part of habitat. Who's paying for that? <laughs> right now, and, and that's the other thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Who's paying for that? Currently. Currently, it is. Rich Texans. Yep. It is anybody. Rich non-residents. And no, residents. And residents. There and rich are residents. residents, too. Plenty of residents. Anybody. And one point that I did intend to make on this, and I'll make it right now, is those tags, people, people say this all the time. Those tags go to all of the out-of-staters. No, they don't. Nope. They go to the people that can afford them. Yeah. That's who it goes to. If, if you want to be able to afford them, save more money. Get a better job. I don't know. But they are non-discriminatory. You, you, yeah, they They're don't not care. designated for no. out-of-staters. Out no. There are they plenty don't care. Of, there are plenty of New Mexico residents yes. who pay trespass fees and get yes. to hunt on private land yep. every single year. Yep. Not only that, I'm going to add to that. But we have very generous landowners in New Mexico who every year donate tags to causes, to their mm-hmm. local communities, to veterans, local, to local 4-H groups, youth. veterans, youth, hunter forward, um, hunter education, first responders, first responders, uh, all, just any, of the, any of the sportsman groups, yep. uh, including BHA. Yep. It, yeah, BHA. Raffled off a unit wide 
<laughs> this e is plus. ironic. Unit-wide E-plus tag to, boost, to membership. boost membership to and try and get away and try and get rid of E-plus. Yep. <laughs> How's that for irony? <laughs> I mean, why didn't, why didn't they auction off a public land draw tag? Yeah. Huh? Come on. It, that's it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and it, and it drives me crazy. Um, so, yeah. next question, I'm going to have you answer. All right. So, the next question that gets asked is, well, isn't this private land system? Doesn't it go against the North American model of wildlife conservation, which one of the tenets is uh, doing away with market hunting? No. Why? It doesn't because they're not market hunting. You still can't sell the elk. You still can't sell the meat. Still can't sell it. Okay. They are selling private land trespass fees. Correct. That's what they're selling. Yep. And furthermore, their new system does go against the North American model of conservation because they're not using science to determine the hunt numbers they're using residency yeah or public versus private yeah and that has nothing to do with science <laughs> that's a different topic for a different day <laughs> but um yeah so i mean that's pretty pretty straightforward pretty it is plain it is but I, it, it's important that you know that it, that is being used um when most of these people have not actually read the original review, you know, and it's just I, a review. I've, I've go back and listen to the podcast we do, did with Todd. Yeah. It was very informative. Yeah, I um, a couple of things I'll, I, I want to kind of finish up on. Um, we've talked about this a lot as well. We sound like we're advocates for private land, and you know we're like pro private land and and against public land and we are absolutely not we're public land hunters i am i am a public land hunter i believe in the public land um one of my biggest problems with this is to me it's one more step in making it harder to hunt they claim it's going to make it easier more tags for residents but i don't believe that i don't believe it at all i don't I, i've seen no evidence that that's what is going to take place they they say well, we need to be like other Western states. Other Western states have point systems, and it could be five years before you ever get to hunt. Right now, I draw three or four elk tags every five, you know. Out of five years, I'm drawing three or four elk tags, you know. Yeah. And we know people that have drawn <laughs> yeah, 37 out of 40. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, it's not as hard to draw tags as most people think. Yeah. You just got to put a little bit more effort into it. Secondly... The increase in the tag numbers, you know, like the $5 fee and the and increase, and if this goes through, there's obviously going to be an increase in license fees, which we already know is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and these things don't, and a point system, none of these things promote new hunters, mm-hmm. you know. And one thing that we know for a fact is that hunter numbers are on the decline across the nation. Currently, they're not in New Mexico. Think about that. Currently in New Mexico, they're not. So New Mexico is already doing something right. Yeah. And not and, only that, but New Mexico has been kind of on the forefront of innovative ways yeah. of wildlife management for for many years. They were the first to pioneer 
uh, trapping and transplanting of pronghorn. Yep. Um, they, you know, the the huge successes that we've had in New Mexico in bringing back wildlife like bighorn sheep, things like that, yeah. is proof that um, New Mexico is doing some things right. Yeah. But to me, one of the things that we just we got to leave, we got to quit being selfish. One of the reasons that everybody's talking about this is because. Well, better odds of drawing a tag and blah, 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 blah. But, man, if we don't stop and start thinking about bringing new hunters into the game to continue this for the future, then in 20, 30, 40 years, there's not going to be any hunting. Yeah. You know? And so we've got to do things that make it easier for new people to get into hunting rather than making it harder. And private land hunting is where we have taken all of our hunt it forward participants hunting. And there's people out there that say that we're in this for the money. One thing, we don't get any money. Yeah. And two, we're not in it for ourselves. We're in this to help others. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing here. And that's what hunt it forward is, is to get new people hunting. Tags that could have been ours. Opportunities that we had to get tags from other people have given to us that we could use for ourselves. And we've chosen to... Pass those along. Pass those along and help other people get into hunting. Yeah. And that, to me, should be the focus of more people out there. Not, I want another tag. Not only that, but that I want another tag mentality, that is often the, the, often the answer to the question of why do you want to do this. Yes. Because I want another tag. I want a better opportunity of drawing. Why don't we should be thinking about what's best for... For the wildlife. Yes, absolutely. Number one reason that we are against getting rid of E-plus is because we do not believe it is what is best for the wildlife herd and the future of hunting here in New Mexico. Right. And having said all that, do we think the E-plus system is perfect? No. No. There are a ton of room for improvements. And there's some innovative ideas out there Mm -hmm. that could help alleviate some of these issues mm-hmm. um the one thing that um i will say is taking all private land tags and putting them in the public draw is not the solution no um there are there are all kinds of things that we could talk about and if and if if people want to sit down and at the table and talk about those we are more than willing to do that um with Anybody, sportsmen's groups, whoever. Mm-hmm. But this attack on the private property has been ongoing and yeah. ongoing and ongoing, and and it's just not good. It's again, it's another wedge between us in the hunting community. Mm-hmm. We've got a system currently where we're actually we're we're physically have a hand in wildlife management of elk on private property. It's the same thing that we preached on the antelope when the A-plus system got done in a couple years ago. We were actively managing antelope on private land. Mm -hmm. And now it's gone. Yeah. And now private landowners can kill as many antelope on their private land as they want to. Now go fight that. Yeah. Go fight that. Go fight private landowners being able to just kill as many antelope as they want. Don't fight the government dictating how many elk private landowners can kill. Yeah. Why, why is that? Come, I mean, come on. 
you know, go go fight antelope, go deer. They've been deer numbers are on decline, and they've been killing deer on private land as many as they want for years. Go fight that. Yeah. Why are you fighting this? That's what I don't understand. It, you had a pin and a question. Unused authorizations. Yep. I want to get back to that. Okay. Because, like you said, we don't think the E plus is perfect. There are lots of solutions, lots of good outside-of-the-box solutions. Put those unused authorizations in a draw. I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, tell the public, tell the private landowners, hey, you're going to get all these authorizations, but, you know, if a, if a landowner is getting 30 tags, say, listen, 10% of those you need to put in the public draw. I have no problem with that. And I bet you landowners wouldn't either. But it's something that could be, keyword here, negotiated yeah and you know looked into but why just eradicate it you know and that helps out because now you're getting those unused authorizations you're actually using them you know yeah yeah make those unit wide i don't know well (laughs) unit wide system is needs a whole lot of work itself i'm all for reworking the unit wide portion of the e plus system absolutely absolutely um making it a much more fair and equitable trade mm-hmm. than what it currently is. Now, there's there's instances, you know, where a person's got one acre of land, but it's the only water within five miles. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that dude's providing some excellent habitat. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the only water within five miles. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't care. He can be unit-wide. Yeah. What's the problem with, you know, he's not getting that many tags, and not to mention... That's what's called a small contributing ranch. Mm-hmm. They have to draw those tags. Yeah, they have to actually draw them. Yeah, they don't get just given tags. They have to draw them. Yeah, no, there's definitely some 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 solutions. I think those those solutions probably need to be talked about. Uh, but I don't think what I what I'm vehemently against is taking private landowner private tags and putting in the public draw. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a disaster. I also don't want to just totally scrap the system. Yep. So, and, and, and here's the problem that I have. The biggest problem I have with this entire thing, the biggest problem that I have with the push from the BHA, from the New Mexico Wildlife uh, Federation, and Mr. Brandon Wynn, is the bullshit lies, because that's what they are, straight-up lies, misinformation, to try and gain public support, to try and say to the public, hey, these private landowners are getting all of your tax, because it's not true. Yeah. It's not like they're just stealing from us and getting what they want. They're still getting managed by the state. They're getting numbers that are dictated to them by the state. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the done. The money's going back to the state done for the scientifically. licenses. The money goes back to the state for the licenses. And then there's also this. The taxes that these landowners have to pay on these tags that they get. Mm-hmm. These authorizations that they get. The grocer's eats tax. That goes to your communities. Not directly to your community. Not only that, but let's talk about the actual revenue that comes in. Not just revenue. Based on, well, yeah. let's talk about the revenue first. Yeah. So strictly licensed revenue based on mm-hmm. that that uh, Legislative Finance Council um, report that was out, sent out. Mm-hmm. Not resident licensed revenue, just straight up from licenses, mm-hmm. from residents buying licenses, was just over $5 million. Mm-hmm. Non-resident license revenue was ten million. Yep, 
over ten million, so almost double. Yep. Now you let's take that and we'll extrapolate it down to the elk system because mm-hmm. that was all licenses. But the elk licenses, I'll give or take thirty-seven thousand and some change, was licenses that were in the public, or sorry. Total elk total licenses, elk licenses sold, sold. 37,000. 2019-2020 was 37,000 some change. Total private land licenses sold in 2019-2020 was 13,000. 13,000. 13, A third. And game, uh, sorry, in New Mexico, land makeup is about 52% private property. Yep. So, and that's not, and not every landowner signed up for elk tax. No. So a very small portion of landowners mm-hmm. is getting approximately just a, just a hair 30, over one third yeah, about 30, of the elk about licenses. 30, 34%, 30%. So, yeah, I mean, that one third is paying double what yep. the revenue of Mm-hmm. residents yep and then let's also talk about this they're talking about one you know going back to the questions you know who who are we trying to benefit here mm-hmm. new mexico residents okay new mexico residents are outfitters they're guides mm-hmm. they're cooks their wives their kids these people have jobs in the hunting industry because of private land hunting. Yeah. It's not just, can I have a tag? It's not just, I want better odds at drawing a tag. It's life. And don't, and don't quote me on this. It's actually going to be interesting. Uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is, is coming out with a series of articles talking about non-residents' impact mm-hmm. in different states across the United States. Not just license fees, but the economic impact. Mm-hmm. And don't quote me on these numbers, because uh, I'm waiting to, for the article to come out. But I was talking to a friend in the in the RMEF, and they looked at at Colorado again. It's not New Mexico, but it it you you you're going to see a trend probably. The economic impact from residents hunting in the state was somewhere. I want to say around, and I may be way off, but it was it was it was a stark contrast. Somewhere around fifteen million, the economic impact. Non-residents, which are generally less, that are coming to hunt in that mm-hmm. state, economic impact statewide was something like seventy-two million. Yeah, and and that's a big deal. So, and now that's not to say that we need to trade all of our hunting for money. Absolutely, because we not. don't. We don't because. We deserve our 84% of public tax. Mm-hmm. We absolutely deserve that. I, I think that that's a good thing that we have that. I think it's a great thing that we give all cow tags to New Mexico residents because those are meat hunts and our New Mexico residents deserve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where it should stay, all right? But we believe everything is, is an ecosystem, you know, and private land is just as big a part of that ecosystem as public land. Mm-hmm. Private land hunters, residents, non-residents, public land hunters, all of it. They're all a part of the ecosystem. We have to find ways to get along and work together to better the future of hunting. That's what we have to do. And there's a whole 
crew of people out there that work in the industry. Like I said, there's, there's, there's private land all across the state that employs people for hunting purposes. And they may or may not lose their jobs if hunting goes away on private land. Mm-hmm. And I'm not okay with causing people to lose their job so I can have an extra half a percent chance at drawing a tag. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. That's selfishness. And if the BHA and the Mexico Wildlife Federation and Brandon Wynn, if that's what they want to do, and that's what they want to preach for, yeah. Rodney's being nice. Yeah, the, that to me, I, I mean, you, you just can't do that. All, all for an extra chance at attack. Yeah, it's BS. It's it's um, and it's a it's a very selfish view. Yeah, I love hunting on wildlife I management. Absolutely love hunting. Um, every year, the the second hunting season ends. This year, it'll be in January fifteenth. Is when our season will end for the year. Um, and when it does. January 16th, I'll be planning next year because mm-hmm. I live and breathe hunting. It means so much to me. It means so much to me that I want to pass it on to others so it just stays forever. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do this. Yep. So it, it to think that I'm doing this for money or any other reason is ridiculous. I'm doing this and I'm taking this stance because I love hunting and it's that important. And as important as it is to me, I would not trade the livelihood of another family, of another person's job, just so I can have an extra chance. There's just no way. Yep. I think that's a good place to end it. Sounds good to me. Um, they're hammering this pretty hard, guys. You're going to see a lot of posts on social media from them. Um, when they're going to gear up to fight this on the next rule size cycle, I'm assuming. Which is the rule cycle, I think the rule opens in 2022, but that's they're starting this now to yeah. get the momentum. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to tell you guys what to do. I, you know, Make up your own minds. It's, we, we say this all the time. Uh, I have my stance. I have my opinion. But what I do encourage you to do and what I do hope you do um, is – Get involved in the process. Get involved. Not just that, but ask why. Mm-hmm. Ask why. And if the answer is because we deserve more of a chance of drawing a tag as New Mexico residents, as public landowners, then that that's not enough. You might re-examine your, yeah. your reasoning. Look into it. Do some research. You know, um, don't 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 come up with the same bullshit cliche answer. Um, well, all them damn non-residents are getting them, getting them tags and they're making all that money and they don't deserve it. Don't, I mean, come on, look at the impact, go research. Don't take our word for it. Go research, find out more about private land and go talk to the a importance. Landowner yeah. And see what, what it means to them. Yeah. So find out more before, before you just sign up and sign on the dotted line, go, go research it. You know, go go talk to more people. Don't listen to just us. Don't listen to BHA, Wildlife Federation. 
Go do some actual research. Learn for yourself. Come up with your own Red McBride opinion. (laughs) And then write your governor, write your commissioner, write your game commission, all of that with your own opinion. But make sure it's a well-informed opinion. I think think it's good to touch on that. Um, And this is, again, this is not me trying to tell you that you need to think the way that I think. Um, We put out uh, some social media posts on the habitat stamp Mm -hmm. fee increase, uh, all for the habitat stamp, all for what it does. We just don't think the fee increase was necessary. Obviously, we got a lot of pushback on that. Um, that's their prerogative. That's that, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But that the the fee increase is not needed in our opinion. Um, I sent out on social media a letter that I wrote, mm-hmm. and um, I would encourage you. Like I sent it out kind of as an idea to give some people an idea, because I know sometimes it's hard for you to come up with something. Uh, that's well-intentioned and well-worded and things like that. Um, I would, I would encourage you not to just take something that someone has written and copy and paste and put your name on it. Uh, listening to the game commission meeting, they pay attention to that. They've, you know, they say, this is how many people wrote in favor of this item. This is how many people wrote against this item. Um, and I heard the, the, uh, director say, there were many of these that were were forum letter style responses. So those don't mean as much as Correct. a thought out personalized letter from you giving your stance. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got some good topics coming up. We do. We do. We got and, some real good. And we may do what we've done before and say we got good topics coming up and release one of those before we release this. But I don't think that on this one. No, we're this one's, one pretty immediately. This one's going to go out. Yeah, this one's going to go out pretty quick because, you, you know, this stuff's this stuff's coming up. I don't know. We got to hunt it forward, hunt. We may push some of that out pretty quick. I don't know. Yeah. So that's right. coming up here in a couple of days. Hunt it forward. Yep. We're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk to Lance Bernal. Yeah. Talk about the sheep hunt. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a. It's going to be a fun topic. And we've got Hunt It Forward coming up. So that's we got a lot of good stuff at the end of the year. Um, we got a 2B. Got a 2B hunt coming up. Coming up, yep. We'll get we'll get Dodo back on the podcast for a, Dodo Bird. For a spin or two. Yep. Um, what else we got coming? And that's about it. That's we about it. Well, we got an antelope well, coming, huh? Well, we got, don't don't forget to get entered in, in for the elk hunt. Don't forget Come to get in with us, guys. Yes, that that's the big You deal. said January 15th. Actually, that's going to be technically the end of our season. Well, you know, I, I say for January. Us, for that's us hunting. For our yeah, hunt. I know. For our hunts. That's, after that, that's when I start planning next year's hunts yeah, yeah. because that's all of our draw hunts. I know. Right. I'm, I'm um, just giving you a hard time. You don't got to get, you don't gotta get serious. Right, right. But um, but yeah, the the cow hunt is it's a big deal to us. We love uh, last year. Um, um, we did the Barbary giveaway, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd only ever been Barbary hunting in Texas. <laughs> was it? I don't know. Is an afternoon as, as a non-resident? <laughs> yeah. Uh, on private land, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, 
it was a lot of fun and um our winner from the barbary hunt has entered the elk contest good Excellent. luck to him. good luck um, Holt. yep and um really looking forward to that hunt so hopefully a lot of people will get entered um last when we did the barbary hunt giveaway we had like 700 700, or 700 entries. and something entries um I don't. I haven't even looked to see how many entries we have for the elk hunt. Um, but hopefully we'll Still get about. Time. Hopefully we'll get about the same. Yeah. 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 So so get in there. Go go to our social media again. When we told you at the beginning of the podcast. Do we say um, Christmas, somewhere around Christmas? Yeah, I think we'll do it shortly before Christmas. Okay. Uh, we'll have to do a a live draw. We'll probably do it. Or you want to do it in, uh, as a New Year's deal? No, because the hunt's in late January. That's true. So we got to give them enough. enough so time. Christmas. We got to give them enough time. We'll probably do it, you know, maybe day before Christmas Eve or something. Sounds great. Yeah, something like that. So hopefully this podcast comes out before <laughs> Christmas Eve. <laughs> I can't imagine this podcast isn't coming out tonight, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, but go get entered. Um, check that out if you haven't already. Share it with your friends. Tell all your people. Go to go to Instagram. There's a post on Instagram. Let me let me just look it up here real quick. Well, and we'll we'll refresh our our story with the posts. You can go directly back to. We should probably be doing that every day, but go back to the original post. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on here. I know it's on here. Oh, there it is. It's yeah, right it's there. it's right there. Yeah, um, right yeah cow out giveaway. Yep. You know, just it's big fat cow out giveaway. Um, we're we're like rookies at social media. We shouldn't be because we've been doing this for. That we're in our third season. Um, and I don't want to, like, do a new post because then I have to count all those. <laughs> but I probably will anyway. We probably should. Uh, but, yeah, go go to Instagram. Go to Facebook. Tag five friends. Share it to your story. To your story. Share it Not to your, your story. Not on your page. Share, share it to your, to your story. story. Um, that'll give you two entries. That'll give you two entries. And you can enter. Your wife can enter. And if you win and you've already had a tag, you know, you can you can give it to your wife or your sister, your brother, your best friend. We don't care. Um, but go enter and good luck. Yeah. We'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Nada Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.nadagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.